Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, I just got to town and I need a presentation printed for a big meeting tomorrow. Well, Staples has everything you need to print, scan, and fax. Great. Oh, just got a text. The home office made changes to the presentation. No problem. You can access your files from a USB, email, or the cloud. And the meeting isn't tomorrow, now it's today. Our machines are self-service, so there's no waiting. And it's not here. Now it's in Ebensburg. I hear it's lovely this time of year. Print, scan, fax, and copy at Staples. Your office away from home. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach March podcast. It's an exciting time for the Nurtured Heart podcast as today marks the second of a six-month podcast series entitled The Lifespan Journey with NHA, Inner Wealth for All Ages. The March spotlight is NHA with five to nine-year-olds. I'm Stephanie Rule, and I'm honored to be your host for this podcast. I'm a certified NHA advanced trainer teaching and coaching NHA to parents, teachers, and mental health professionals in the local community of the Roseville, Sacramento area, and I work for the Children's Success Foundation as the STAR Program Coordinator. I am also a wife and a parent of two children, ages four and seven, and we live in a Nurtured Heart household. Before I introduce our guests for this month, since we do typically have some listeners out there who are new to Nurtured Heart, I like to give just a super quick maybe less than 30-second thumbnail of what NHA is before diving into today's rich discussion. So the Nurtured Heart Approach is a methodology that focuses on building and strengthening relationships in our lives. It's all about building inner wealth in individuals, not only in children, but also in adults, so that we are each able to put our best version of ourselves out there in the world. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to our great guest speakers for the topic of Lifespan Journey with NHA, Inner Wealth for All Ages, Spotlight on the 5- to 9-year-olds. Our first guest speaker is Tanya Frazier. Tanya is a dynamic individual with a passion to help others find joy and peace in their personal and professional lives. Tanya is a graduate of Concordia College, Moorhead, with a degree in elementary education. She has worked extensively with families with experience in both in-home and agency-based parent education. Tanya is a Nurtured Heart Approach Advanced Trainer and the owner of Heart to Heart Consulting, through which she provides coaching, classes, trainings, and speaking engagements on NHA. Her prowess for leadership with clarity and compassion is a joy for all the NHA trainers that she is so personally dedicated to serve. Tanya lives in Fargo, North Dakota with her husband and 10-year-old daughter. Welcome, Tanya. So glad to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so our second guest speaker is Nick Bartlett. Nick has been a school psychologist since 2010. His experience is diverse, having served students from preschool to post-secondary from all disability areas. He became a Nurtured Heart Approach Advanced Trainer in 2016. Nick has trained hundreds of parents and educators in the Nurtured Heart Approach and utilizes the powerful methodology with students he counsels as well as his own children, who are seven and four years old. He is a firm believer in the transformative power of the approach and truly enjoys seeing children light up when they begin to become aware of their own greatness. 
Welcome, Nick. We're glad to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and our third guest speaker today is Mark Pass. Mark is a certified advanced NHA trainer. He has been in public education for 10 years, serving mild, moderate, and severe special education students in grades preschool, K-8, through and adult post-secondary. Mark was a middle school assistant principal and is now serving as a county SELPA administrator and program specialist. He is a co-parent of three children ages 15, 8, and 5 in Chico, California. Welcome, Mark. It's great to have you here. Hello. Yes, it is. All right, you guys. So let's have a chat about those five to nine-year-olds. Using um, NHA with this age is a journey, indeed, filled with so many pivotal moments to build the inner wealth in our children as the adults in their lives. And as we've heard from your guys, all three of your bios, you are all experienced trainers in NHA and have worked a bunch with the five to nine-year-olds, not to mention parenting this age as well. And I would love to hear from each of you about some of your experiences of building inner wealth in kids of this age. Who would like to jump in and go first? I can go. This is Tanya. Um, I tell you, of all of the age ranges to utilize the nurture heart approach with, one of my favorites to play with is this age range um, because kids are so open and they're so, um, they haven't built up those defense mechanisms um, to where they are pushing back against positive feedback, um, and and they haven't established um, as many negative patterns of of poor self talk or um, or what we would call in the nurture heart approach uh, negative portfolios or beliefs about themselves that are uh, aren't the most wonderful things to think, if that's one way to say it. Um, so it's fun to be able to work with these kiddos, particularly because they're they're open. Um, the the beautiful thing, or one of the many beautiful things about the Nurture Heart Approach, it doesn't matter if a, a child is um, a child with special needs or a child who has um, deficits or no deficits, if they're um, a, a child that, um, has other siblings in the home or not having other siblings in the home. It doesn't, it, it's a beautiful philosophy that provides the opportunity to see kids for who they are and exactly where they are um, and provides the tools to meet them and shine a light on the beautiful things about them where they are in every moment. So there's, a, there's my little um, snapshot of why I absolutely positively love um, using NHA with these ages. And, um, mm-hmm. and the other thing I'll also add is we've been using the Nurture Heart Approach with our daughter since she was two. And the thing that I really noticed in that has grown and grown from that five to nine range as she just became a, a new 10-year-old a couple of weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. is that not only is she able to receive the, the information about who she is um, through the, the um, methodology of the Nurture Heart Approach, but she's able to speak it for herself and she's able to speak it to others, um, speaking about the qualities of character she sees in other people, um, to verbally process through her own emotions, and to do it um, in a place of uh, self-direction, which is just wonderful. So this age range is um, gorgeous in that it begins that shift into self-actualization and self um self-utilization of the very concepts that many of us as grown-ups are still struggling to figure out how to do. So um, so there, there are my thoughts. Mm. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. I love that. Thank you, Tanya. Go right ahead. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is Nick. Um, Tanya, thank you for getting us started so beautifully and, and energetically. Um, my uh, my primary experience since I became trained in Nurture Heart professionally was with middle schoolers and high schoolers counseling, and I've seen it be transformative at that age, no doubt. But um, it's been a true blessing in my life for my children. Uh, I became trained when my, my oldest was four years old, and um, it, it's all she's really known, and my son is now four, and it's also all he's ever known. And um, it's just so fun. We focus a lot on the recognition technique that's so critical and important. It is, as Tanya was saying, how you build those portfolios, and they're so open to learning. They're so receptive at this age. They don't know themselves yet, so you have such an amazing opportunity and gift to help shape who they are and who they become and what they believe about themselves and how they view the world. Are they going to be an optimistic child? Are they going to view things with the glass half empty? Um, And for me, I've seen the evidence of the inner wealth, and it comes when you practice the approach to a point where they recognize themselves. You know, both of my children have Mm -hmm. had moments where they said, I did this. Daddy, wasn't I being helpful? Wasn't I being Mm -hmm. caring? And it just brings me to tears because it shows that they get it you know, and they're so young and they get it. Um, there's also, there's a beauty in that too when they start to call themselves out. I, I guilt myself a little bit and I have to reset because I think to myself, oh, I'm not recognizing them enough. They're going around doing it for themselves now. <laughs> they're like, so like a self-priming pump, you know, to get to that point where they can notice those things and, and, and generate those words about themselves on their own. And that beautiful thing doesn't mean I'm off the hook. You know, right. it's still my responsibility to continue with their growth and development and help them recognize those things, but it's been a gift um, without a doubt. And it is not just in the recognition technique either. Um, what I've seen with my seven-year-old is using the approach, our relationship is so strong. She can talk mm-hmm. to me about anything, and we role play, and I coach her when she has difficult peer situations, and, and I help her navigate the world because we have such – a dialed in connection. Um, and that's because I make the time to be present. I make the time to be mindful and build that fun, juicy, energetic connection with them. And, and, and it just pays off in all areas. of Nick, I love, uh, I love what you're saying about your daughter or your, your kids and how they, um, just are so showing their receptiveness by actually, um, understanding what it is to recognize, um, themselves and to recognize each other. And, um, and Tanya, I really appreciate the ideas that you know you bring to the table when you're talking about your your daughter and how they grow um, from starting from two years old all the way to ten to, through this age group. Um, my experience is um, is has been an amazing journey. Um, I'm seeing so much growth and their receptiveness when we're in the car in the morning and they're telling me wow, Dad, we did such a great job getting up this morning. We got ready. We didn't argue. We, um, we, we cooperated. We um, got the things we needed to get done. And all this language is coming out of these, this 5- and 10-year-old and, and, and what they're doing in my 15-year-old, being so supportive and really kind of encouraging them to, you know, let's go without saying hurry up, you know. So finding the, finding the clear words, um, and, and that's just something that I've – 
I've appreciated about this is giving me that opportunity to give them those words of clarity to be able to express to each other, you know, what it is that's happening. And, um, and I also see that when they go and see their cousins that they haven't seen in a while or when they go to school and their friends are hanging around and, and um, the parents are saying, yeah, can my, my daughter or my son always wants to go to your house. What's going on over there? Mm. And just trying, to, just trying to be around more, you know, and, and um, parents seeing how I'm interacting with, with uh, my, my kids and then my, pers- my own kids and then parents seeing how I interact with their kids at school and um, seeing, like, even, even with um, the aspect of exceptionalities and what comes along with those things. And, and you know, as a parent, um, some of the grief that comes along with it and, and, you know, the unknowing of what to do and being able to see somebody, someone in, in a position to um, kind of show, see change um, within their child because of what somebody else is helping them see it, it really is, um, it really is a valuable thing. So I appreciate what Nurture Your Heart has brought to um, my world and, and what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I really love the, the thread that I'm hearing between the three of you guys um, about how, you know, when we start using Nurtured Heart um, with our kids, how it sort of just kind of transforms from it being something that we're teaching them about this language and how to see their greatness and these, all these great qualities that they have to share with the world. And then it just slowly transforms into they start owning that on their own and being able to point that out, like, look at my, my quality here. Look at this great quality over here that I just demonstrated. And being able to not only point, point it out and recognize it in themselves, but with, the, with others in their world as well. I, I love that I'm hearing that common thread between all three of you um, and, because I experienced that as well with my, my own seven-year-old and even my four-year-old. Um, and it, it's, it is, it's a beautiful thing that uh, Nurtured Heart provides for us as parents. And like Nick, you were saying, um, you know, I'm not off the hook um, as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like even though my kid is able to verbalize all these qualities of greatness that they have, um, you know, I feel like, of course, I want to be still plugged in and, and, and fueling that time in with the rich relationship so that they can continue to grow even deeper into that, um, the, into their their growing their of their 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 beautiful self, their internal self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll share a story. Um, so Me we're too. on spring break here in North Dakota, and um, even though it's snowing, you know, welcome to North Dakota, and. Um, <laughs> So we, my daughter and I took a three-hour trip to go stay with some friends, um, three and a half hours actually, in the car um, a couple of days ago. And as we were driving, my daughter's a, a very intense kiddo, um, and boisterous is a great way to describe her intensity. Mm-hmm. And so um, she did some reading for a while, and then she just um, started talking. And we, we talked and talked and talked. Mostly she talked at me, um, sharing things from her life. And it was just beautiful to see the fruits of the labor that goes into building relationships, um, utilizing the nurture heart approach, um, but seeing how that flourishes. And part of the conversation, um, there were two things that she said that really struck a chord for me. Number one, she was talking about school and about uh, a couple of particular kiddos, um, young boys in her grade, um, 
that don't always have a lot of friends. And I think both of them have some pretty rough experiences in their lives. And, um, and what she said was, you know, mom, a lot of kids get nervous about them or think they're bullies or think they're mean, but mom, they just don't really see them. And so I make sure that I go out of my way to spend time with them and talk with them because I want to see them the way I see them. And I thought, this is a 10-year-old, a a recently 10-year-old kid being able to choose what she sees and to be able to, she can see the stuff that her peers are seeing. um, And it's pretty developmentally appropriate to be, um, you know, seeing some of those deficits at the first view of your eyes. But for her to be purposeful um, to decide who she's going to see in a person, I thought was just um, awe-inspiring. And then as we were getting out of the car and heading into a restaurant, she looked at me, and it wasn't like the clouds didn't part and the angels didn't sing. It wasn't one of those moments, but it was just kind of a passing thing. And she goes, I love being able to talk to you so much. That makes me happy. And off we went, you know. And I think those are sometimes the moments in parenting, especially when you've been utilizing the nurture-heart approach for a while, that we forget to celebrate and to really breathe into the miracle of connection and the miracle of creating young people um, and, and nurturing young people to be able to be the kind of human citizens we desperately need in this world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow, that's really powerful, Tanya. Thank you. And oh. you have to be so proud of that little girl for making her own choices um, about how she chooses to see people. That's very in the, in the heart of nurtured heart. You know, you choose what to see with intention. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm just breathing that in for a second. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I can relate. You know, um, my daughter, she's she's a seven-year-old, and she's a very sweet and caring girl. She always seems drawn to the alpha, the bossy types, for some reason. And it they kind of crush her because they can be very cruel and unkind sometimes. Um, so part of her journey has been um, role-playing and coaching and helping her understand that, you know, you don't have to put up with that. You don't have to give people who are unkind to you your energy. So it's a little bit of the opposite of what you're saying. She's tried. She tried to be very kind to these kids, and they are just cruel. Her. And it's been a journey to help model and role play and help her realize that you do get to choose with intention uh, the people around you and people that bring bring gift of friendship rather than frustration to you. And she's mm-hmm. coming around. And she doesn't put up with kids that treat her that way anymore. She's in, you know, I feel like if we hadn't had that type of relationship and the opportunity to talk, she'd probably continue to be a pushover for those kinds of kids. But I'm very excited to see it. at a young age she's grown and, and um, been able to mature and, and choose for herself the, the people and what they bring to her life. It was really powerful. That's beautiful. If I, I may just say, how... one of the things that I think that's so beautiful, reasons I think it's so beautiful, is sometimes I think people have a misperception of the nurture heart approach that it's all about lilies and butterflies and, you know, everything's wonderful all the time. And, and we just, you know, if something's not great, we just just pretend it didn't happen, you know. And that's not the case. Um, the beauty is that a, a, a third of this approach is about setting clear boundaries. Um, with yourself and with other people and doing it from a place of love and Mm -hmm. kindness, not being turning yucky energy with our yucky energy. And so I love that you're fostering in her 
uh, a skill that's going to serve her in adult relationships and friendships and help her to avoid abusive relationships with um, romantic situations. I mean, Nick, you're setting the table for her in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I didn't take it that far. You just gave me goosebumps talking about <laughs> the adult relationships and abusive relationships. Wow, that is very powerful, and it sets that life course and that skill and emotion. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this journey of um, growth that we have with our with the people that we interact with daily in our relationships, whether it's our students or our um, our kids um, at home. Um, I remember coming back from the first uh, my first CTI and letting the girls know, you know, and my son know that, you know, um, I I learned something. I learned something amazing, and I think it's going to help me be uh, a better person and a better dad. And um, and they were like, "Wow, what's what's this all about?" And and I I I just kind of it's I'm talking to a, at this point I'm talking to a three year old and a and a five year old and and mm-hmm. um and they're and they're re- they're receiving it um somewhat but uh, over the past three years of just really kind of going through this process and being consistent and and being able to share this um, journey with with the people that I interact with every day. Um, they they see it and they um, they realize um, some of the growth pieces because I I told my girls hey I'm going on I'm going to be on this podcast and we're going to listen to it on Friday okay and they're like okay what's it about and I was like oh it's uh, it's about the nurture heart and they're like oh recognizing people and I'm like yeah absolutely well, <laughs> what do you, what do you want to say what what would you want me to tell people and and their responses um, always amaze me. Because um, they know they they hear so much and they and they take in so much and mm-hmm. my um my eight year old she says um you know it's um it it helps me to see what I what I can do and what I'm able to do and who I am and and then my my five year old she says you know it, I, it doesn't matter what other people see because I know that I'm great and I'm like wow you know those kinds of things are amazing to come out of those little those little bodies, but understanding that, you know, they are seeing this and, and the value that they're going to take from it um, as they grow and just knowing that, you know, I, it's a growth process. You know, it's not perfect. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. Um, we do make mistakes and we do um, have to forgive ourselves and learning how to forgive ourselves and to mm-hmm. kind of take the power of forgiveness for yourself and for others and um, be able to see the power of what they have to offer to the environment and the world and their people around them and their families and their friends. I mean, uh, a friend of mine passed away and my daughter was like, Oh, he wasn't, he wasn't a friend dad. He was family, you know, seeing people in that light um, is, is such an amazing um, gift. My heart is like permanently buzzing from all of these stories. I know. I'm in awe. I don't even know what to say. These are just beautiful stories that you guys are sharing. Oh, my gosh. And I want to recognize you, Mark, just for that honesty and realness. It's something whenever I'm training the teachers or parents and they look at me as a beacon of perfection and nurture heart, but we are all human. We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all get our buttons pushed. Um, But at this age range, it's such a powerful thing to model um, a reset for your kids, number one, mm-hmm. and number two, to model apology and to show them your imperfection, and that does so much for your relationship. I, you know, I, I find myself having to do that fairly often, but I live the, 
approach and I'm a firm believer, but I'm also a human. I'm a parent. And um, there is a power in being imperfect to be able to model um, that for your kids. And I think it's really powerful. Absolutely. And life is messy. Parenting is messy. You know, I mean, Nick, like you said, we're human beings and human beings are meant to make mistakes. We were built that way. Um, And then you add into that factor, you know, parenting. And it's not easy. There are so many roller coasters, emotional roller coasters that you go through as a parent um, with your children as they grow. And so there will be those moments where we have the, we are presented with the opportunity to reset ourselves and model that, right? Mm-hmm. And model the, right. the apology and all of that. So I, yeah, I totally, um, I concur, Nick, with what you're saying about modeling mm-hmm. resets and modeling um, apologies. It's the best way to, to teach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the gifts that the approach provides, both in home settings and also in school settings, is that reminder that we are humans working with humans and living with humans, because sometimes mm-hmm. it's very easy to have expectations that far supersede developmentally typical or right. appropriate behavior um, because, because of our stuff. And um, there, I'm guessing there's probably some teachers on, on the podcast or listening to the podcast today who work with elementary age kids in this range um, and I think uh, one of the gifts that the Nurture Head Approach provides for educators um, is often that perspective of remembering that we're working with kids who are fallible. Um, at ages five to nine, my goodness gracious, they're going to make a mm. lot of mistakes. It's their job to make a lot of mistakes. Please hear me. Right. It's mm-hmm. their job. That's how they learn. And what what the Nurtured Heart Approach gives in a way that I've not encountered in any other philosophy that I've taught or learned um, is this beautiful, not only, not permission to mess up, but permission to be aware that you're going to mess up. And the beauty mm-hmm. of your power that you get to decide what you do in those moments. It's not a free pass to just, you know, well, I'm human, so off I go, you know, doing A, B, and C. But to remember that when we do make mistakes, and goodness gracious knows kids in this age range make a lot of them. We as grown-ups make a lot of them. That the reset is always available for us. It's a mm-hmm. gift that's ours for the taking anytime we want it, and that kids have the ability to reset back to the better version of them um, and to do it quickly and with forgiveness and without having to keep this mental checklist of faults and flaws running. Um, because um, when a person knows the greatness of who they are, they can return back to it. And we've created a, a, an ability for kids to know who they are more and more and more so that they can get out of those yucky moments, those yucky things that happen as a part of <laughs> development and life, and to make better choices and to not need to be so darn anxious about being human. Um, it's a It's a bit of an epidemic in our our culture um, right now, and I love the gifts that the Nurture Heart Approach provides in tooling kids to not have to be so doggone anxious about being human. Beautifully said. Wow. Yeah, I get this image, Tony, that's really powerful of the Nurture Heart is almost like a compass, like we're giving them this gift. Um, and sometimes you'll get lost in the woods, but, you know, if you have this and you have that firm belief and you have convictions, virtues about who you are those are firm you'll always be guided back to your past 
and that's a gift that we're giving these kids. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Nurtured heart is a compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compass to the gift of who you are. You know, for um, as an educator, as an educator, I, I've, um, I, and being in the classroom and and working with students with um, some severe exceptionalities and really kind of um, maneuvering through those um, feelings and and this idea that you know there's a one way to do it or there's this one um, kind of um, way of anxious of this one way of being perfect and. Um, in, in dealing with the parents of those students who have, are, are essentially beginning their um, road to grieving for what they felt that they wanted for their child or what they wanted for this individual who's in the world and having to try to reframe it and having this opportunity to teach the parents on how to kind of rethink um, what it is that their children are going to be capable of. Are, or are capable of and seeing it and being present in wow. every single moment that it becomes available. And so as teachers, we, we have to really retrain ourselves because we come in with um, this, this idea of how we want our students to be and what we want our, um, this world to be like and what we want. We're, we're having them for this whole like, year period of time and then they're going to be moving on. So when they leave us, we want them to be this certain way and understanding that you know, they're, they're on a journey and it might not be, um, this might not be the piece that's going to um, that's going to uh, change everything, but it, it it can be the piece that's going to start them in a different in a different way. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I love that. I'm just looking at it. <sighs> yeah, and Mark, on that level, um, you know, I do work with teachers and parents sometimes of even older, you know, young adults or teenagers who have developmental delays, and they wonder, you know, how can this work, all the verbal strategies, all of this um, technique, but these kids who don't receive that, you know, or can't receive that, you know, that's their deficit. And one thing I tell them, and maybe you could chime in on this too, is, you know, one human universal is body language and Mm -hmm. energy, Long mm-hmm. before we had words as a species, body language and energy is something we had and something you can convey and broadcast um, regardless of the words. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? To me, kindness communicates in all different ways. It's not just one way of being. So when just by a smile, just by a help, a hand, um, every every single interaction that you have with every single student when you're walking by in the hallway, I mean, even the little ones, you're going to smile at them. They'll smile back. When, you're, when you wave at them, they're going to wave back. Um, some of them, even if it's in a copy, even if they're, you know, trying to just reciprocate what they're seeing, um, a, a lot of students um, with varying disabilities, they have a connection. And the beauty of the Nurture Heart approach is it gives you so many different tools and opportunities to make that connection. And there's not just one way of doing when, uh, like what Tanya was saying about like other other kind of methodologies and, and approaches. Um, I haven't seen anything that <clears throat> really gives us so many tools 
um, and so many options on how to connect with people. And that's why I think it's so rich, this relationship piece. Mm-hmm. Well, and thank you, both of you, for bringing up this philosophy or this the, the concept of, of it not having to be verbal because I think so much of what kids are experiencing in in homes and in classrooms where the nurture heart approach is flowing um, is is far beyond words. It's the feeling of being accepted. It's the feeling of being worthy. It's 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 that it's safe to talk um, mm-hmm. for very long periods of time about things that may not be that exciting. Um, it's the sitting next to each other. Um, and sharing space without a single word needing to be said and still walking out feeling filled. I have a, um, a trainer colleague who um, sat and her son was playing a video game um, and she was sitting doing laundry and as she walked away, the kid said, we should do that again sometime. <laughs> as if what didn't feel like it was a connected moment felt connected to the kiddo because of the way that the energy was available for him. Um, and I think those are, those are moments that I think we often forget and often forget to give, I don't know, respect or, or credibility to the fact that it doesn't have to always be um, things that we do. So much of, of the stand one, the energy component of this approach is who we are and how we show up. And that sometimes means, you know, setting our own boundaries and putting our dog on phones away or, um, you know, saying for this period of time, I'm going to leave the office at the office and not be engaging um, in that stuff when I'm trying to, to be with my kid or um, in, a, in a classroom setting. You know, I'm going to allow those papers that need to be corrected to wait until my prep so that I can sit and be present with kids during this free time. Um, that is just as congruent of the uh, utilization of the approach um, as, you know, giving recognition verbally. So thanks for, for bringing that up now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for bringing it home. <laughs> that, was, that was wonderfully put, absolutely. Yeah, that nonverbal energy is <clears throat> so powerful, so potent, and it just makes such a huge difference for people um, of all walks of life and all ages. And it's, an, and it's a great just, addition, like you guys were saying, it's a great addition to the verbal recognitions that we can give. Um, it really enriches the verbal recognitions. That, the time, I agree. Time is something, <clears throat> time is something that we, we, really, um, we really value because it's something that people always try to gain more of or try to adjust. Um, time is, is something that um, can be something very nonverbal that um, can be so powerful um, as an administrator to, to, um, to teachers, um, giving them time to have those opportunities to just sit with their kids instead of being that teacher, um, feeling like I could just go in and, you know, hey, I got your class today as a teacher. You go ahead and you take the time to um, sit with your kid and you take your time and, and, and build these kind of relationships because you see them and they're anxious, they're running around, they're trying to, to meet the needs of the adults that are supporting the kids and mm-hmm. the kids that are in the class and themselves mm-hmm. and, 
and knowing that they have all these things outside of the classroom, um, I think something that is valuable that we can give people is that time. Putting down your phone technology, the fact that we have so much technology, kids actually will respond to the fact that you're putting down your phone because they know, they see how important it may be to you at times. So that's just another opportunity um, that you can give. And to not get offended when your kid provides you clarity. (laughs) Let's talk about this. And the fact that they find their voices. So when my daughter says, Mom, I need you to reset and put your doggone phone away. Yeah, that's awesome. That I have to find the path for me to receive that that's not disrespectful if it's done without disrespect. And even there's a fine line, blah, blah, blah. But but in that Mm -hmm. moment, she was being clear with me that I wasn't being congruent. If this was family time, then it needs to be family time and Facebook needs to wait. And um, and know that every single person who's a trainer in this approach bumbles their way through finding better and better versions of themselves. And I'll tell you, the older your kids get, the better they become your teachers of where your next levels are. So as mm-hmm. a parent, as a teacher, when you get to the place where your kids start giving you opportunities to reset and space for next levels of your own growth, because they can see where those next opportunities are in ways we can't. Um, it's a it's a big challenge I would give everyone on this call to hold space for that to be a gift and not a, uh, an inappropriate use of power by a kiddo um, because they know where our next steps are just like we know where theirs are. Yeah, they're communicating to you that, you know, our connection is getting weak. Let's Let's keep mm-hmm. it strong, Mom. Let's do that. And I'm one of those parents, um, and anyone listening or parents out there, I know when, for example, you're at a park, it's so nice to just sit down and let them do their thing. And maybe you do that for a few minutes. But for me, I want to play with them. I want to get out there. I want to be that weird parent playing hide-and-seek and climbing around and playing with them because it, it does strengthen our relationship so much. And as they get older and that becomes less and less of their urge, I'm going to miss not doing that and or we're going to have to reestablish our relationship in a different way. But it's about being present and mindful, the cell phone being one example, or, um, you know, let the dishes go for 15 minutes and do something with your kids because mm-hmm. they'll still be there, <laughs> you know, they'll still be there later. So take that mm-hmm. moment to be mindful and present in your life and, and keep that connection dialed in. And I love that your daughter can be, be your guru, your teacher in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those moments are so powerful when we steal those moments, reset ourselves as the adult and stop being, you know, a, an adult for just a moment to steal away a, a moment of connection. Those moments right there are so meaningful to our kids. I mean, it's like 10 steps higher of building connection because we stopped what we were doing. They notice that. They feel mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that's that building the time in stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. When your time in is worth being being in, um, it changes the game. And there's so much less of a fight when consequences, you know, are are needed to be happening. You know, when when kids are out of bounds or making poor choices, the (laughs) the the war over getting through those resets faster gets fed up so much by us being mm-hmm. purposeful about how we're building time in and all these other moments. Mm-hmm. 
And then Absolutely. being able to give the kids those opportunities in the in the classroom. I mean, I, as a teacher, you try to see like, oh, I got I got these many kids, this many kids in my classroom, thirty kids in my classroom, and how am I going to you know address all of them? And I have all these different um, personalities and and behaviors going on. And when you when you're in the nurture heart classroom, when you're in this place where where relationships are built, um, the the students end up becoming the teachers to each other in, in the mm-hmm. most appropriate ways because you've taught them how to help each other through these mistakes. And then you have more time um, to do all the things that you've wanted to do. So I, I found a, a, a value um, by giving them um, tools in, in how to um, respectfully help people through, and not just respectfully, appropriately in a relationship um, strong relationship sense, how to appropriately go through like mistakes or how to get re- how to reset each other. Um, the, the, the time in the classroom just gets infinitely more um, valuable and, and just more exciting. Mm-hmm. And not just when things are going well, but also in those challenging times. I mean, the, then you utilize the, the tenets of the approach when you're navigating situations of tattling or, mm-hmm. you know, those weird social challenges that just happen, those are just developmentally typical things, you know, um, that the, the approach gives beautiful support to provide adult-to-child uh, support, but also child-to-child support to make different choices mm-hmm. and, and to, to get through those developmentally typical things um, without sacrificing um, the portfolio of, of who is involved in that story. Mm-hmm. And to comment on well, your the classroom example you shared, Mark, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. I, I, okay. My daughter in, in her first grade class before we moved to Utah was in a nurture heart classroom, an exceptional teacher. And for any teachers out there, I feel like it's, it's a lot of work to get this going. You know, I, you know, what are the first steps? Once you're there, uh, the the learning time is enhanced exponentially on top of the inner wealth you're building with the kids. You know, if you really got all three stands of the nurture heart dialed in, it becomes an incredibly nurturing and incredibly efficient learning environment that I've seen firsthand. And, um, and that's way better use of time than just putting out fires and reprimanding and, and dealing with behaviors in, in the opposite way. So, so yeah, it's really powerful in the classroom. Absolutely. And I appreciate that you guys have um, all brought in both parenting aspects with five to nine-year-olds as well as the classroom environment because um, I know that we have listeners that are experiencing both. And so um, it's just so valuable, such a valuable conversation and such a rich discussion, which unfortunately it is time to bring to an end. Um, So I would like to just make a a few quick announcements, um, and then I'm going to come back to the three of you to hear some parting words of wisdom that you want to leave with our listeners. Um, So I'd like to invite our listeners to join us for future Nurtured Heart Approach podcasts, either by following us at Blog Talk Radio or at childrensuccessfoundation.com forward slash NHA hyphen podcast. You can also follow, follow us on Twitter or Facebook by clicking the icon. You can register for the Three Stands e-course, which is also available on our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com. This is a free e-course that is delivered directly to your email inbox. These emails are spaced about three days apart to allow for application and reflection before the next one arrives. Uh, 
Also, registration for Summer Certification Training Intensives, or the CTIs, is now open for Austin, Madison, Sacramento, and West Orange. Um, and these are the week-long trainings to become a certified trainer in the Nurtured Heart Approach. If you would like to register for one of our four summer CTIs, go to thechildrensuccessfoundation.com, and you can find it under the training tab. All NHA podcasts are recorded and archived for on-demand listening pleasure. Feel free to share the link to our channel here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash nurtured heart approach. So back to my three amazing guests. Do any of either of you like, um, would, would either of you like to share some last parting words of wisdom with our listeners? Um, yeah. Uh, waiting, yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. You were talking Oh, thank you, Mark. Um, just a thought sparked my mind as you were talking about the week-long CTIs. Um, even if you don't ever intend to train, if you're just working with really tough behaviors and you want to see a shift in your life, in your family, whoever, um, those week-long trainings are transformative. They will change who you are and how you approach the world. And I've seen parents go through it and make um, just dramatic changes with their children, and they never had the intention of even being a trainer. So I couldn't speak more highly of, of the experience of one of the week-long CTIs. Mm, very true. Thank you for sharing that. I would say that um, um, being patient and um, learning to forgive yourself when you're not is um, going to be um, is uh, is going to be a big gift to um, the people that you um, um, interact with, and understanding that. Uh, we are all on this journey together, and we're all here and put into each other's um, place, into each other's space for a reason. And when we get those opportunities to um, really, really see um, each other in the moments that we have. Awesome. But I, I would say, um, allow yourself to be you. Uh, don't don't worry about needing to sound like anyone else um, when you're having these interactions with your kids or with your students. Um, can, you can be funny and utilize the Nurture Heart Approach. You can be serious and utilize the Nurture Heart Approach. Um, but the most important thing is to be you and to allow yourself um, to not have to try and be something else. Um, utilizing some different skills um, is, is one thing, but don't ever sacrifice you because you are the gift you're your kids and your students want more than any techniques that we could throw at them. Beautiful. I love that. So self-forgiveness and allowing yourself to be who you are in using the Nurtured Heart Approach. Thank you guys so much. What a great discussion about the five to nine-year-olds today. Um, I appreciate Mark and Nick and Tanya. I appreciate the three of you for all that you're bringing to your worlds um, and I appreciate you guys for bringing you to your worlds and what you personally have to offer. Um, and I look forward to our next occasion of seeing each other or talking to each other. You guys have mm -hmm. a wonderful day, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank Thanks you for having folks. me. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, everybody. Everybody gone. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult.
Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, I just got to town and I need a presentation printed for a big meeting tomorrow. Well, Staples has everything you need to print, scan, and fax. Great. Oh, just got a text. The home office made changes to the presentation. No problem. You can access your files from a USB, email, or the cloud. And the meeting isn't tomorrow, now it's today. Our machines are self-service, so there's no waiting. And it's not here. Now it's in Ebensburg. I hear it's lovely this time of year. Print, scan, fax, and copy at Staples. Your office away from home.